Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. This episode 636 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. TSR, Daniela, TSR, a little new branding, you know? What'd you think? I like it. I like it a lot. Pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Clean, right? Yep. I like it. I like the green. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very subtle. I, I dig it too. This this episode, I definitely want to cover some of the things that we've been seeing in the news. Uh, Susan W stepping down, Neil Mohan coming in, and some other stuff. We've seen some Facebook stuff, Steam Deck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Also, Destiny uh, new DLC in about eight days at the time of the recording, and then maybe some quick notes on E3. So, Daniela, uh, Susan W stepping down from YouTube as the CEO. Uh, what did you think of that when you saw that? Uh, it was definitely an interesting move. I mean, I guess I, I have to look really where she's going into or she's going to retire or what is it that she's going to be doing for her next project if there is one. Um, but I think I think it's going into g- good hands. Yeah. So I, I saw I saw the announcement. One of the interviews that I did watch a little bit of or listen to a little bit to is when Susan had the conversation with Jay Shetty. Uh, Jay's really, really, I think he was a monk. Then he became like a, a content creator afterwards, digital creator. And I think now he's stepping into the actual um, brand uh, representation scene, I think, or, or, or content creator talent scene. I think that's one of the recent announcements that came out of Jay's uh, crew and team. But uh, the thing that really caught my attention with all this is the future of NFTs and how those things are going to be uh, presented, not only on the YouTube side, but, you know, just overall, because it's still something that that's looked down upon, depending on which community you're in. Gamers can naturally, you know, get onboarded into that world. But I think it's still something that, you know, people look at as if it's, you know, a fad. It's something that's not going to be here too much longer. But uh, the technology from, you know, my standpoint, my opinion is that it's going to be here for a while and we're just going to transact with it without knowing it's NFTs or blockchain, maybe in a couple of years out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Susan W, I'm sure prep Neil for the position, right? Especially the recent yeah. changes that we've seen in YouTube. So any additional thoughts on that? So, yeah, I definitely think it's interesting because uh, Neil Mohan, who is taking out over for her, um, he's definitely had it's not he's just Web3 and NFTs. He's had his hand in YouTube and his success in different venues for a while now. But, you know, we're definitely in a very interesting, I guess, transition on, I guess, yeah, just NFTs in general, because even though crypto blockchain has been around for a while now. NFTs and like the overall metaverse is it's still it hasn't been around as long. It's still kind of in its infancy, but it's really just about that adoption because yeah, depending on who what what circles you're around, what people, you're gonna either have a positive aspect or a negative one. So it's that adoption rate of where it's gonna go. So it's very interesting that he's coming in and I definitely see him somehow working those features into YouTube. Yeah, for sure. And like the I, oh God, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I can see where people are going to be early adopters and where people are going to fight back on it. And I guess it really depends on how those early adopters really adapted to their content, to their channels, um, going forward to see a positive um adoption rate of it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I did see is he said that NFTs could enable creators to build deeper relationships with their fans. And I totally agree with that. Any uh, additional thoughts on this one before we go to one of your favorites? I, I just kind of hope I just kind of hope that it's not something that's really shoved down people's throats, really, because that's really where that negative thing is, is when people feel like they're forced to do it on like Twitter over here. But what I loved about YouTube over definitely this last decade if you look at all the different platforms for content creators, um, you have Twitch, you you had Mixer at one point, TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. YouTube has been, I think, the most consistent in their platform. Like they've made changes and some changes that some creators didn't like, but I don't feel that they were too 
out there that after a while people adapted to it naturally. It's just that some people just don't like change. Um, and they've been just pretty consistent for their creators overall. Um, I can't really say that for the other platforms. Like yeah. the other platforms, they have their their pros and cons, but when they make changes, they make huge changes that really nobody wants to adopt. Nobody understands why did you make this decision? Why are you doing this? Whereas YouTube is they'll make they'll make changes. It seems weird. But then overall, once they start getting to the flow, it I'm like, okay, we get it. This works out a little bit better for us. Um, yeah, yeah I, can't, I really can't say that about the other platforms. So, all right, so I'm going to move the the reboot stuff down a little bit later. So, since we're still in the context of things that are uh, drastic changes, depending on what's happening with the platform, we have uh, Facebook and Instagram testing out selling blue checks, and then we also have a Twitter account without. Uh, the Twitter 2FA situation. So I think we could bundle those. We can move those up and just talk about those um, thoughts on those. All right. Twitter, like what? I get it. Your business model. But I didn't put up a huge, like, I, I guess, a huge think about the whole blue check mark, paying for your Twitter blue $8. You get your verified check mark, all of that other stuff. But this whole putting two-factor authentication behind a paywall I think is absolutely ridiculous. So one of my one of one of my tasks at work is cybersecurity. And I feel like at this day and age with so many different scams, so many things, so many hacks, so many, you know, this company's information got leaked somewhere, someone broke in or whatever. I feel like that is a basic necessity to give your users, not make them pay for it, not make them go through other means to have two-factor authentication. So I'm really like, really just disappointed in that decision. And I I just, I, oh my God. I was Are they so keeping that decision? Is that, is that sticking? Um, as far as I saw, yeah. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. And you know what, you know what's, what's really irritating is that if, if Twitter is really successful in getting people to pay for their Twitter blue for two for uh, two factor authentication, I'm going to be really irritated. Other platforms start doing that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we got Facebook and Instagram over here. Um, it's just no, it should be a basic thing, a basic feature. Why do I have to pay for it? Yeah, it's okay. it's very interesting what's happening right now because even with the Facebook and Instagram thing, right, testing it out with the blue checks for $12 a month. I, th I thought that was really interesting. But once we see one company do something and it's, you know, even if it's profitable just a little bit, we're going to see everybody else follow suit. Right. And I think that's yeah. just the nature of what we've seen. Now the two FA behind the paywall thing, I think is interesting. Like I'm still on the fence to even get the Twitter blue. Right. I'm wondering, what is it going to do for me if I get the Twitter blue? Because the main features that I use right now is just microblogging, going on Twitter spaces. And that's really it, right? Uh, you know, engaging, of course, you know, replying, harding and stuff like that. Maybe some engagement stuff, right? But outside of that, there's really nothing more than that. If I do post a video, it's always within the limits, you know, in terms of I'm not posting a 10 minute long video on Twitter. Unless, of course, you pay, right? But a minute and 15, right, seconds or whatever, or up to two minutes or whatever it was or is without, you know, paying for the blue. I've always been okay with that because I, I don't post long videos on a Twitter platform anyway. So outside of that, 2FA, you know, I definitely agree with you. That should be the norm across the board for anything when it comes to the security stuff. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not shocked by the fact that we do see how Twitter is, you know, doing things, right? How they're doing things. I'm I'm not shocked by it. I'm not shocked by it, especially with who's running it now, right? With you know, I'm Elon disappointed. I'm I'm disappointed of all of all sales of like major companies, you know, we like all the gaming mergers, buyouts, whatever. I think the sale of the Twitter one is the one that was like the most disappointing. Right. Right. And, you know, I get it. It's a business. They got to make their money. They got to do all this stuff. But this is just ridiculous. It really is. So like with Twitter Blue, you know, talking about the different features, 
you know, you got to be the top of replies, mentions and searches. You see half the ads. You look, I don't want to see any ads if I'm paying for it. Post longer videos, longer tweets than quotes up to 4,000 characters long, which is absolutely ridiculous. I've seen a few and you have to see more. I'm like, you go back to 140 characters. I really, I really don't want to read your long story that you add on even more tweets to because I, I seen one. I seen one. Somebody used their 4,000 characters and had to add additional tweets to make this thread to have more. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not here to read your novel. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I see threads. I don't care. Threads are, threads are definitely something I see a lot of folks do to share their, you know, I guess their thought leadership stuff on, on Twitter. Uh, on the platform itself, uh, newsletters is, you know, newsletters has always been a thing, right? I think now it's becoming easier with platforms like Substack and some other platforms to make it easier for you to do newsletters and, you know, email acquisition and stuff like that, right? Uh, for whatever you're working on. Um, so what would Facebook and Instagram have to do to get your attention to pay that $12 a month? Nothing. They, there's nothing. <laughs> nothing at all? I try to think of something and you know what? It's just a blank. Okay. All right, so blank. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like you're not getting my $12. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we can move on from that. So, well, so that's what, what's happening. Okay, what, what, what would they have to offer for you to consider? Not, listen, I'm not interested. $12. I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in, in the, cause I think the tools are great for, for what they are right now. And you know, I can't speak for everybody. I'm not maximizing the stuff that's available for me on Instagram. Right. And I'm not even maximizing the things that's available for me on Twitter spaces. So, so even that, right. Is, is a thing for me. Right. So when I'm using, you know, Twitter and Twitter spaces, I could be on there, you know, uh, way longer than I am, especially if I'm, you know, building personal brand and stuff like that. I'm not even using it like that. Engaging with some companies I want to work with. I'm not doing that on, on Twitter. Uh, doing reels. I've done reels in the past. I'm not doing as many reels as I could be doing on a regular basis on the platform. So I think when I look at it from actionable stuff, when, you know, using the platforms, I'm not really using it like I could be right for me. I'm just speaking for me. So in terms of paying an additional amount for features that, you know, I do not have any interest in right now, especially with the Twitter stuff and 2FA I have. And of course you do too. 2FA, I'm pretty much on anything else that we have right? With the exception of maybe Twitter and some other stuff, right? And a lot of companies are removing the text SMS because that's less secure than the actual, you know, Authy or whatever, you know, we're using today. Right? So there's really nothing um, right now that they can offer that's so mind-blowing that I'm going to be like, you know what, $12 a month. I'm thinking about spending $97 for um, a tool, you know, for Amazon right now. And I'm probably going to do that because I need it for some of the things that I'm considering doing in the future. And even buying a course for maybe 150 bucks, I'm not giving $12 a month for Facebook for stuff that I'm not going to actively use. And it's not even going to even bring me any royalties, right? Because a lot of things that I'm focusing on now is what is the amount of time I'm going to put in, right? And we've talked about this a little bit, right? And what royalties is going to bring out and how much money am I going to put out, you know, upfront for that stuff? Do I need to spend the $97? No, do I need to spend the 150 for the course? No, but I do believe that that is the shortcut that I'm going to take to learn the stuff that I need to learn by paying the 150 or even the $97 for the actual tools, right? But I'm giving you $12 a month, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I'm giving you $8 or whatever it is for Twitter. What for? I, I don't, for me, I don't, I don't see the ROI on that. I see more ROI of me connecting with somebody on social, let's say Twitter spaces. And then from there, building a relationship with them online, whatever, attending Twitter spaces, you know, participating in conversations. I think that's more valuable to me right now than a $12 or $8 a month plan on these uh, social platforms that we're talking about in context. So, so those are my thoughts on it right now. Maybe in the future, I'll change that. It's not necessarily set in stone, but right now it, it doesn't offer me any value for me to have this comfort check, right? On my profile to say that I'm verified. I, I don't, I don't get it. I understood it before when it was sought after by way of how it was presented before, right? Even though people were like, oh, it's just a verification check to check that you are, you know, officially you and you do represent this organization or you do represent these metrics that made more sense, right? But once you open up 
the thing and say, hey, everybody can go to E3 now. You just got to pay a pass. It doesn't feel as coveted, right? As it did. I know that's a weird shift, but you know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel as coveted anymore, right? Everybody can. No, it isn't. It isn't. Because at the same time, pre, you know, the OG. Yeah. And and just just here. Right. And just to finish that thought, it's not that we don't want everybody to go, but you have to earn, right? Your way. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's how you know that I I felt like if you could get that just on your merits and what you did, I I felt definitely a lot more, you know, authentic. Right. And that's that's a rabbit hole. You worked hard for it. That's a rabbit hole because I'm thinking about the other. But I did earn to go because I paid for the guest pass. That's true, too. That's true, too. Oh, well, right? no, I'm just talking about the. Verified. No, I'm just no, no, I'm just saying no, I'm just saying like the the people who listen in and be like, well, I did earn a go. You know, I paid for my flight. I paid for for my my pass to be there as a, a general admission person. And that's true. Right. But f- specifically, when I was thinking about that thought, it was from the the point of like the PR, the coverage perspective. Right. Because you're paying to go to just play and then, you know, be out. Right. We were submitting all these documents to participate and the, you know, public, uh, the PR side of things, the content creator, um, you know, interview side of things, you know, that that side. Right. So I think that was more difficult for us, especially as indies, to even participate and get approved for those things than it was for somebody to to come in maybe a few few years later as they were making changes. Uh, to pay for a pass to admit to the building. So it's it's not as coveted as it used to be for the individuals who covered it from the press side. That's the rabbit hole. So I went in, came back out. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. I blame that Daniela. <laughs> Me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, any additional thoughts on on the stuff, on the payment stuff, the blue check verification, the those things? I'm not going to knock anybody who does find value in it. If that is right up your alley, you do you. I'm just talking for my personal self, our personal selves about our thoughts on it. I think, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an instance where I would want to pay for the blue check mark on Facebook and Instagram. Like Twitter, you're not going to get it. I I really just don't like Musk. But uh, I mean, not that I like Zuckerberg any better. But if maybe I had, I don't know, 10,000 followers or something on Instagram, I don't even really use Facebook. I don't even use it personally. I have an account and I think I do like one post like a year so my family knows that I'm alive. Um, But Instagram, like maybe if I had like 10,000 followers and I qualified for the Instagram real pays and I wanted more eyes on my content which is kind of just pretty much buying your views at this point. Um, I mean, they're going to be somewhat organic, but if you're showing up more in searches and in the Explorer page, then I can see, I guess, where that might have some value. But at the same time, you got 10,000 Instagram followers organically on your own. Maybe you're doing just fine. Yeah. And that, that's definitely a big deal, right? So we, yeah, yeah, that's, that's 10K on IG is definitely a, a big deal for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't see any, any reason for me right now to, um, invest on a monthly stuff for Facebook and IG and, and Twitter. But again, right now I don't, but if they offer a feature that I need to have and it might get to a point where they do that, then you're going to pay, you're going to pay, but I'm not going to be paying for the check. I'm going to be paying for the feature. Yeah. It just happens to have a check. Right. Exactly. I'm not happy with it though on on any platform. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's why I didn't really like do anything with that. I was in the in the program before Elon uh, came on board, and I think it was like three dollars, four dollars, or whatever uh, for the additional features, uh, easy to read threads and and stuff like that. Um, And then once the other started, the other stuff started like shifting over, and I was like, Nah, I'm not interested in that. So I I like. got out of the program just before our last stuff started taking place. They went from $3 to like $8. I don't even know yeah, where it's at if, now. If you say dollars still, if you go through the, your you know, desktop or your browser, if you do it through iOS or Android, um, it bumps up like a dollar or two. Um, I'm sure it's because they want you to pay for the transaction fees that 
either one of the Play Stores or the Apple Store charges them. Right. But yeah, but those are those are my thoughts on on that on that stuff. Any additional things on that? No, just disappointment. Yes, it's an interesting world. Uh, so so the reboot Hellboy officially on the way. Uh, how do you feel about that? Another reboot. It's funny how they just just keep rebooting Hellboy. I mean, Hellboy is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, how many times can you read? I don't know. Is this the second or third? Oh, so, second. OK, so second. Right. Do you. Yeah. So so my thing is like, how do you feel about the series right now? I like it. I mean, it's not like the best, but it's not the worst. I enjoy it still. It's just not something that I will. It's, it's not like if I'm feeling nostalgic or I just want to throw something on real quick. I'm not going to choose Hellboy. Ooh, choose something else. But mm, I'll watch it. Okay. And I enjoy okay. it. And it's just like I like Ron Perlman. He's definitely my favorite Hellboy. And then you have David Harbour. I don't know. I just yeah, don't, I don't, I don't understand the purpose of rebooting it yet again. But yeah, you know what? At the know. same time, here we are with like DC, who I don't, I love DC, but they're just kind of this hot mess of reboots and like goes restarted. Oh, we like this one. Oh, okay. You know, we're just going to restart the entire universe yet again. Right. <laughs> All those other things didn't exist. Let's just try this again. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting spot. Like uh, for me, I'll watch Hellboy because I, I really enjoyed like the movies and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Like, if they were to introduce a reboot right now, what would you want to see besides Hellboy? Oh, another a reboot of anything? Yeah, reboot of anything. Oh man. Never ending story, I think. Mm, that's a good one. I it's really a classic. Love, yeah, it is it's a, a classic. classic. And I still really enjoy it. The if I want to throw up something real quick, but I can't think of anything, that that would definitely be on my list is never ending story. That was a really fun um series to watch as a kid and i i loved I, I don't know if i want them to touch it but at the same time i wouldn't be against having a reboot of that series yeah that's a good pick i I, I, good I think pick. i think of a lot of good ones that like page master with macaulay culkin which is like a live action mm. cartoon the library they had um christopher lloyd in it i love that movie i i could i could live with a with with a reboot of that and, you know, get into the age. I know this next generation of kids are on their iPads, but I, I've seen some kids and I like even my godchildren who still love reading, you know, books traditionally and not on some iPad device or Kindle or anything like that. So I think that would be a really fun reboot. Mm, I, I, I dig it. I dig it. I, I just like I just like the fact that we have so many options. I was watching you people recently on Netflix. Uh, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Andrew Schultz, Jonah Hill, Lauren London, you know, you know, some, some dope, dope, dope stars on there. Um, and that some of my favorite that, comedians. That was a pretty good, that was a really yeah. good people. Yeah, I really dug that. I really dug that. So yeah, that was, you know, the thing for me when it comes to like movies, if I kind of know where the plot is going, I, I get, you know, I, I, I kind of lose interest, but I try, I try to stay focused and just, you know, finish it. Um, because I don't know, it's just a lot of stuff is just so predictable when you're watching a lot of these movies and stuff. Right. Um, which is why I kind of like the documentaries, even though those are predictable too. And I think it's because the documentaries, if it's like real documentary, they're not acting. Right. And I know that they're acting with the movies and stuff. So I, I need to just not think about it in that way and just enjoy the films for what they are. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed you know, the message of, of you people. So it was a, a dope, a dope movie on, on Netflix. So, so have yeah. you, have you watched the woman King that recently came to Netflix? Not yet. Was it good? Oh, it was fantastic. I love the woman King. Viola Davis was just amazing. John Boyega was good, but he wasn't like the main attraction of it. It was definitely all like Viola. Oh, such a good film. You have to watch it. Yeah. She's really good. So I'm not surprised by that. I still need to see the recent Wakanda. I need to see that. So we're just waiting for um, for the fam to get all on the same schedule so we can watch that. So looking forward to seeing that very, very soon. Um, but yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about The Woman King. Yeah, you, you got to watch that. Throw that on tonight, sometime soon this week. <laughs> yeah, that that um, the trailer looked good. Yeah, I mean, she's she's an amazing uh, actress, too. So. I'm not I'm not surprised by, you know, the great ratings that 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 got. But 
But at any rate, so Hellboy, you're still going to check out. Second reboot, that's on the way. That's what's going on with that. Okay, so you are a Steam Deck owner, Daniela. Now supports game transfers from PCs. What's your take on that? I mean, I don't. I don't really play with it when I don't have Wi-Fi, I guess, somewhere so I can do the cloud download updates. I mean, I want to go and try okay. and check it out. I just got to go and enable. I think I think I have Steam Beta enabled on my desktop. I don't think I have it enabled on my Steam Deck, though. I got to go double check. Mm, okay. All right. So, but, so you know, as... Go ahead. I think by habit, I think before any of this, I kind of, you know preemptively thought like okay if i don't have wi-fi like and i started a game i'm not really bouncing between or the playing the same game on both my pc and on my steam deck so i have steam deck like i have games that are specifically i'm going to play this on the go and then i have games that i've decided i'm going to play this at my pc Mm, yeah so So that's where i'm at with that one so i i guess it doesn't necessarily apply to me but it's a useful feature if i needed it yeah for sure for sure. I definitely want to like uh, I had put the Logitech G cloud down for, for a little bit, I think, because I was focusing so much on like games that take a lot more, uh, I guess, intense CPU power to play. Right. But as of late, I've been wanting to like jump back and play, you know, like some some classic stuff and more retro stuff. So, I mean, Turtles is definitely one of my favorite ones to jump in there and play and even streets of rage 4 which i do believe that those games are are timeless at this point because they did such an amazing job just putting them together um you know hi-fi rush i want to see what that looks like on there so that that's going to be you know fantastic to see um so yeah so i'm looking forward to like jumping in and doing some of those uh classics you know maybe a cup of coffee or something like that and just chilling and just vibe out on on some old school stuff um on on that platform i do still want to check out you know a steam deck and my thought with that would be to definitely change out the thumbsticks because i know they have replacements that are going to last longer i know you have to you know solder and stuff like that but i'm willing to consider that you know in the future you know once i make that move for for that but well, um, if i ever get some stick drift right now my steam deck is good <laughs> yeah yeah it. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of the, uh, I see a lot of the handhelds are moving towards the, you know, the, the less, the, the things that are less prone to, to that kind of, um, I guess damage, if you want to say that over time, which is really, really good for, you know, handhelds to, to last even longer, right. Moving to, you know, sticks that are going to last the, the lifetime of the unit, unless something happens to the unit or whatever. So, which is really, really good. So, so that's the Steam Deck news on that. Uh, game transfers from PCs. Uh, Twitch news. Uh, I did see a little bit of Twitch news recently. Uh, Twitch now lets streamers tag channels in stream titles. I don't know if that's a move to kind of match what YouTube's been doing, but what are your takes on that, Daniela? If, if used correctly, it's great. Um, the only way is I would be so super irritated because I, I really don't like this and it hasn't, you know what, I think people's Twitter etiquette has definitely got better. You know, when they, you, somebody makes a post and then you're just randomly tagged in it for whatever reason to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, that irritates me. So if this is used in a good, healthy way and it's like somebody that's a mutual that you just want to have some highlight with or the person that you're streaming with, great. That's that's even better. It's a lot easier. Um, is there an opt out option if you don't want to be tagged? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's just one of those things like for I don't know. I'm kind of like sad about this. Like there was a time where I would jump on and do a lot of stuff on Twitch in terms of you like watching or even commenting on, on some of the, the streamers that I would watch. I, don't, I barely go on there uh, with the new feature streamers can enter at and then channel into a stream title to create a link. If you as a viewer hover over one of those links, you'll see a small card that lets you visit that person's stream, follow them, or check out their social networks they've opted to highlight. Um, so that's some of the thoughts there for for this. I don't know. I think the less, the less, I think that's a lot less, like, I guess, interesting to me. 
as compared to them deciding to leave San Diego for TwitchCon this year. I mean, having the ability to tag streamers, I think, is is great and useful, especially if you're, you know, your channel is on the bigger side and you want to support a friend or the person that you're co-streaming with. That's a great feature. Um, but I think what I found coming out of Twitch is definitely their announcement to have TwitchCon in Las Vegas this year. Mm. Because I really like San Diego. <laughs> Are you ready to join the podcasting revolution? With podcasting where you should know, you'll have all the tools and knowledge you need to create a successful show. From the latest trends and secret tools to building a strong team and protecting yourself with contracts, this book covers it all. Plus, you'll learn how to stand out and continue to grow your audience. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your podcasting skills to the next level. Get your copy of Podcasting What You Should Know today. So, yeah, I mean, they bounced around quite a bit. You mean they they had it in San Francisco. They've had it in San Jose. They've had it in Long Beach. They had it. They had the last couple um, like in person in San Diego. And I think San Diego is just this prime spot. There's so much to check out and see even outside of the convention at night when they're all closed down for the day, there's just so much things to do in San Diego. And I absolutely love it. I mean, obviously, San Diego, in a way, is kind of built even for those big events. You have um, San Diego Comic Con that happens over there. Mm -hmm. So for them to decide in Las Vegas is definitely a very interesting choice, considering that they banned certain forms of gambling or gambling streams on their platform, but you're going to go to Vegas, the capital of gambling in the United States. Right. right. So what is the play here? And I'm still up in the air if I want to go this year, specifically because, well, one, that same weekend, so October 20th to the 22nd is TwitchCon. Um, it's their normal Friday through Sunday, but um, completely outside and different from TwitchCon is when we were young music festival that has a ton of amazing artists. Um, and if you are old like me, are artists that you want to go and see. I did not score tickets for this and I I I can't I, I'm not gonna go through um, ticket scalpers, but that's happening October 21st. Vegas is gonna be one very, very packed city. I mean there's a lot that goes on. A lot of people that just vacation there just in general. But this concert is going to be a pretty huge event. So I don't know if I want to be in a city that packed right now. And it's not even it's not even because of the COVID mentality. I feel like I'm still trying to gradually be OK around tourists right now and coming back into this post pandemic world. Of just right. being crowded. I I enjoyed the space that I had. And, you know, I've been to I've been to a couple events since then. I've I've gone to a couple comedy shows, concerts, and it was it was packed, but not it was like I was I still had breathing room. I don't I don't know if I can do that in Vegas yet. I don't think I'm mentally ready for that yet. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then to be in a city. That's having a concert that I would really, really love to go to. And I can't. Oh, that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart so much. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, situation. Like even with this post, it says that um, this is a discovery play, right? Because it can be tough to get discovered on Twitch. And this tool, on the other hand, according to the post, gives streamers the ability to point their fans to other streamers, no matter where they might show up. And other parts of the platform. So they're like two, three viewers at the bottom. You put their name in the title and you're trying to help them, you know, get discovered or even more followers on the platform. You can say, hey, today I'm going to be playing with, you know, this person, check them out. Um, you know, I tag them in my title, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it could be a discovery play for some folks. It could be. Yeah. Let's see so that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up with that. Uh, so for the last uh, couple of days, I've been, I've been playing division very very heavily right heavy heavy division happening right now and this seems to be a pattern whenever there's going to be like a big dlc for another looter shooter game that i usually play i play one of the looter shooters heavy to catch up on what's happening on that on that game before i jump into the dlc that's coming out you know not the same game a different game to jump into yes i that's that's what it, that's that's the thought process for whatever reason right so 
a lot of division happening right now. Catching up on what's happening on that. Loving it. You know, community's still dope. A lot of great players, you know, a lot of randos giving you free stuff, you know, exotics and stuff like that, uh, which, you know, I'm still there's still hope for for some, you know, gamers out there that people are nice. Right. And uh, Destiny 2, they did a, a major uh, season 19 ending cinematic, which was about three minutes and like 50 something seconds and it catches you up on what's happening as you prepare for Lightfall. Lightfall is going to be February 28th. Uh, so most likely I'm going to jump on that because, you know, I'm a destiny person. So, so that's the update on that uh, in terms of what's happening in the looter shooter space. Uh, Division could be considered broken a little bit because of some of their recent issues about not even the developers being able to update the game. Right. So that, that was a thing for a few. I do get crashes here and there, but overall, the game is still amazing. Still amazing. Right. So jumping from there to Destiny 2 with the new DLC, of course, new weapons, new experience. Of course, you might get some new players in there uh, that have never played Destiny before. And it's going to be a great expansion for them to to jump in. I do believe all of them are great, but I'm biased when it comes to the Destiny 2 stuff. I think I'm biased when it comes to the Division as well, um, because those are games that I could always jump in and jump out of at any point, at any time. So. Um, excited for what's happening in the space. Any thoughts on looter shooters, a destiny? What do you think about that cinematic uh, trailer, Daniela? Well, I haven't really been playing looter shooters or just looters or just shooters in general lately. It's a lot of single player games. Um, but the cinematic editing for introducing Lifefall, it looked really cool. I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> I was like, okay, so the ball's moving. Cool. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. It just looked really, really cool. That's all. I'm like, to be all right, fair, to be fair, me neither. Right. I, I play, <laughs> I play a lot. I play a lot of Destiny and I, I think I play mostly for like the competition when it comes to like PvP stuff. As far as the story, you know, I'll probably use a lot of like YouTube to catch up on what things mean. Like, you know, sometimes you're doing missions and stuff like that. I don't fully understand how certain missions connect to other things, but if it has a loot or a particular thing on the other side that I'm going to appreciate to e- to either use that at PVP or something in the future, you know, that's the beauty of the game, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily uh, this, if whether there's a story or not, and I do believe that story matters. I'm thinking out loud here. So if you're listening to this, just bear with me. I do believe that story matters, but there's, there's stories within, um, for me, the PVP experience, right? There's stories within finding a weapon that, you know, you were looking for for a very long time and you just so happen to get it as a drop. Uh, there's stories with uh, playing with, you know, your friends, right? Your your favorite group of individuals that you play your looter shooter with. So I do believe that there's story there. And of course, I have the books, right? There's stories in a grimoire. So I have the books and I could, you know, go through what's happening with that. So as they've gotten better in their storytelling, I do appreciate that. Right. But to say that I know every single thing that happens in destiny Two, I'd be lying. Right. I, I don't, the trailer was really dope. I'm excited. You know, it, it is almost like a hype trailer, but not so much. Right. Um, I'm sure we'll get a hype trailer, the launch trailer coming soon, maybe a couple of days before uh, that we actually get the, the drop on the 28th. But uh, overall, I think that the game has improved over the years and um, I'll yield there. Okay. So um, kind of on the destiny thing, but what I found kind of interesting, cause I wanted to see if there was more context to the trailer since I don't know what's going on. So I opened up, you know, you have YouTube, you can see more about the description. What I found interesting is that in the description, this is dive into the free to play world of destiny Two. Is there definition of free to play different from mine? Because pretty sure you have to pay for Destiny. And then, you know, it tells you where you can buy the Lightfall expansion and the annual pass. Right. And it's like $100. So what is right. what is their definition of free to play? <laughs> I think I think most me, of the free to play games. Yeah, go ahead. To me, um, it, it means that you're, you're not really paying for anything. I mean, you have the option to pay for certain things like you. 
we have like Fortnite. We have like I think Rumbleverse, which is going away at the end of this month. I think um, in games like that, where you have the option to buy the annual pass or different cosmetics, but to play the right. actual game is free. Right. So, what is their definition of free to play world? <laughs> well, you play you play a good amount of stuff until you have to like pay for for like the seasonal stuff, right? So. If you want certain experiences, right, you get to the, it's, you know, you get the free trial kind of thing, which is a really, really dope trial in a lot of these games. And then if you want to participate in certain experiences, then you have to pay to unlock those things. Now for the the season, you know, if you're just playing and you haven't paid for like the season pass, you still are going to be able to unlock some things, but you're not going to be able to unlock them as fast as someone who has the pass, right? this season so so there's a track for the free player and then there's a track for the person that bought the pass and you could see um you know the top would be the the person that paid and then the bottom would be the track that is free usually i think the vision has the same thing too so right now even though i'm kind of grinding the vision on the free track because i don't have the season pass i could see you know where i would benefit from uh getting the actual season pass or sometimes you could even pay per level. So let's say if you're at level 22 and I wanted to go to level 23 without grinding to 23 by playing the game, you can just pay maybe five bucks or eight bucks or whatever it is to up that level from 22 to 23. So I think all of, I don't know if I could say all, but most of these games have that tier, right? I don't think okay. from, from I take, historically. I take back what I said. I get it now. Because I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I missed the part where Destiny 2 went free to play. I thought, you yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, so because that was recent, right? When they introduced the free to play thing, which allowed more individuals to come into the world. And of course, you know, my timeline is, is always off because I kind of like forget when certain things took place. But free to play wasn't always a thing for Destiny, as you just mentioned. Crossplay wasn't always a thing. Right. And then we have all these things coming together. Of course, you have your what was that thing called? Um, it's it's it was reset. What was the Google Stadia was a thing. Right. And that yeah. that's no longer. Right. So there's like a lot of different changes going from, you know, what the game was to an action MMO. Right. Which that was never a term that they use loosely, but because of the changes that they were making to the game and how massive it was becoming. You know, they had to change, you know, how the game was marketed and all those things. So it's seen a lot of things. And even when they were, you know, um, at a point where people um, not well, they bashed the game because of how you were leveling up when, you know, the super mathematicians, you know, looked at how incrementally that you are working harder to get certain things, but you weren't being rewarded for it. Even that system was overhauled you know, with, uh, the, I think tests and that particular universe, uh, portion of destiny. So destiny has seen a lot of changes and some people yeah, love the I changes. I've been keeping up with all the changes. I don't, I don't play destiny. So I just remember yeah. like the last of it is like, you had to buy the base game. I don't remember when he went free to play. Yeah. That's why it's, it's like, I got hate. lost and like played a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a love hate for sure. Uh, but in terms of like the game itself, I do believe that by way of experience and and we talk about this all the time you know from time to time especially when they're getting ready to release like a new dlc or whatever whether you look at warframe whether you look at division 2 destiny 2 and even the upcoming um redfall which is going to be a big game uh, when it comes to looter shooter on the vampire ish you know style of play that's going to be huge right they're all going to bring something to the table and they're all going to be played by those who love the genre and, you know, at different times, depending on what's going on. But Redfall is going to be fantastic, too. And that's what uh, spring, March, April, I think. I believe so. Yeah. I can't remember so, the date. yeah, it's a lot to look forward to. But um, I love I love the action in these games. I love the loot. I love trying to understand the systems for my players to get better how I can, you know, incorporate my skill set for the team, especially like, you know, they all provide that kind of gameplay, right? You have, you know, Hunter, Warlock, and you have Titan, and how can they work together for Destiny, right? And then Division, you got the agent, 
what does the agent have on them as a character? You know, skill set. Are you are you medic? Are you, you know, assault? Are you whatever? Right. So I think that all of them offer, you know, something great. And then Redfall is going to have its own thing, too. So and the release date is is it May, May 2nd for Redfall. It's May. OK, yeah, I appreciate that. But um, but yeah, so that was that was the looter shooter talk uh, for this episode. We kind of touched on E3 stuff earlier based on, you know, what I was, you know, talking about by way of, you know, appreciation for, you know, the grind to get there and, you know, how people um, earn their way there, you know, whether they buy to appreciate the show, you know, by way of a standard ticket, if they're still doing that. And then you have individuals who who do the um, PR grind uh, to get there by way of, you know, covering the content, right? We kind of talked about that. And then Ubisoft recently, you know, I don't know if they weren't clear about if they're going to be there or not, but I think they recently cleared up that confusion about them being at the show. Um, thoughts on on E3 and, and what it feels like this year versus other years, Daniela? Um, I think people are expecting big things. It's going to be the first in-person one in a while and their whole revamp that they, they had planned. So it's definitely going to be an interesting show. Ah, I want to go. I don't want to go. I'm not a hundred percent sure. The funny thing is, I'm going to be there that week, anyways. Um, I'm going to the Blink 182 concert that Saturday. <laughs> right, right. So I've kind of been so on the fence. So you're gonna you're gonna land there, right? You're gonna be there anyway. I'm gonna be there anyway. Um, I don't want to be there alone though. Yeah, I need my partner and friend here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to be there alone too. And I'm trying to debate if I'm gonna go again. Which is interesting. It's like so much has changed. I guess, I guess my view on on the um, those shows have changed. Like, I don't know what it means for me in the future. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I still encourage like anyone to like go to these shows because it is something that is amazing to see all the gaming companies and all that stuff in, in one place. But I don't know, Daniela. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Know. It's also the people. It's the people. It's the people for sure. And I do agree. And I mean, people by fellow, you know, indie podcasters, content creators, in PR and marketing, and uh, and the funnest random things just happen so serendipitously sometimes. Um, And then, of course, hanging out at JW and just chilling and relaxing. And it's also just like this nice, I guess, recharge of your content creator soul to be around like-minded people too. Right. So there's always that benefit. That. I mean, yes, you you do get your hands on 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 stuff that you know. Typically, if you're not there, you don't you don't get experience. You get to watch a trailer or watch the showcases, but to be able to get your hands on it and see stuff behind closed doors, that's always really cool and that's great. And if you're just going there for just that experience. Awesome. I've seen people already getting their media approvals and I'm super happy for them. Um, The other side of it is even the after hours is just it's just amazing to link up with people um, and a lot of people that you typically only really talk to online, whether it be Twitter or Zoom or Discord to have their physical presence there with you is always definitely a nice recharging of the soul. Um, I know that sounds like why am I why am I hesitant is um I don't know, Mike I have to I have to agree that my my headspace is a little bit a little different, especially over these this last like definitely these last six months of um just self trauma healing for myself on a personal note. Um and then on top of getting into that back into that flow of things after just having no events for the last two three years. <laughs> I don't remember when we went into lockdown anymore, 2020. Um, so two years, though, this is going to be like two and a half years now at this point, by the time I go to E3. Um, it's definitely just a weird headspace for me to be in. I don't know what it is really exactly. I can't pinpoint it, but I'm also just trying to find this balance in my life because I spent, I think, 10 years, almost a, almost a decade. I wouldn't say it's exactly 10 years, maybe eight or nine years of just nose in the trenches, grinding, hustling and pushing through that I think really did a number on like on me, just exhausted to I, I think it oh, who was it? Who was it? Who was it that said it? Um Cliff Bazinski. 
I think it was either today or yesterday. He made a, a tweet. Um, I can't exactly say what it was exactly word for word, but it was basically saying his wife, um, she's been, you know, streaming more consistently and she's just been exhausted. And mm. and that is a common thing, I think, with a lot of content creators, like especially if you have a nine to five job and then you're also doing content creation, you will put yourself through so much either mentally, emotionally or physically or even all three to really, really make a name of yourself. and. I did that for like so long and it is so exhausting. And I know a lot of people have the stamina and the endurance to still keep doing that. Right now, I'm just like, I need to find that balance. And I don't know if attending conventions right there is is in my wheelhouse at the moment, especially just having that break, not going anywhere. I mean, I miss it. I really, really, really do miss it. But I, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. That's why I don't want to go by myself. I want I want you there. You want to <laughs> All, right. All right. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, it's it's um, I'd love to to uh, see you. It's been it's been a long time since we, we last saw each other. So that's that's a definite. Uh, we got to make that happen somehow because um, it's been it's been a while. So, um, yeah, I miss that miss us getting together and, and grinding it out and losing sleep and trying to figure out, you know, which interview we're going to catch first and which hall we're going to go. So, so that, that I miss, which is why I'm going to kind of like, just think about this portion of it to anybody who's considering that event. It is a great event. It is a great event. It's just, I think for us right now, you know, we're considering different things and I think we're considering different ventures, but one thing is for sure. Um, we love to record this podcast together. Right. So I think that, uh, even when I saw your, your thread, um, recently, a couple of days ago, yes, uh, two yeah. days ago, three days ago. Right. Um, and the fact that you, you added that, you know, that means a lot to me because you, you figure you record over 300 plus episodes with somebody and you get tired of them. Right. You get sick of them. Right. We've seen, we've seen some, some crazy, um, teams that are no longer together. Right. For whatever yeah. reason that they faded out. Now, is that possible that we we go separate ways and and not record um anything? Yeah, anything is possible, but I think that we still love, you know, coming together and, and talking about the stuff that we talk about on the show. And I'm super grateful for that. I'm super grateful. Um so so there's there's that portion, but by way of conventions, I think that um even according to the thread that you posted, you know, kind of shifting to to some of those things, you know, you are considering other ventures and other spaces Right. That is um, I'm excited that you're going to share it at some point, whenever you, you know, whenever that date shows up and and you announce the things that you're you're working on. And um, I think that's that's so, so great. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't love, you know, this industry and, and what it provides. Like I spent what, two, two, three minutes straight talking about looter shooters. You already know. Right. That's yeah. just I'm going to talk about that regardless. Right. So. So I think events, um, even different events I, I may consider this year, not just E3 uh, stuff um, that lends to some of the ventures that we're considering in the future. So so there's still, you know, there's still grinding happening. I think we're we're considering, you know, where we're going to put, you know, the energy um, and going back to the streaming thing, which I think is um, extremely important. Um, I I want to find a place to actually do that consistently, even if it's for like, you know, um, two, two hours at a time, three hours at a time, consistently on the YouTube platform. You know, we, we talked about the recent information about Twitch, you know, trying to highlight certain individuals by putting the name in the title and stuff. And I think that's cool, but in terms of discovery, nobody does it better than YouTube. Right. So, you know, finding the, the timetable to say, Hey, you know what, this is the schedule of the day. And this is going to be consistent unless, you know, something crazy happens. This is the time frame, four to six or four to seven or whatever. And I think that that is the thing that happens with the Twitch platform. It doesn't seem like uh, the person at the bottom can do that per se and, and still feel like they've gotten a level of discovery that they're satisfied with. Because if you're, you know, at the bottom, zero to one individuals popping in and out of your room and watching your stream, that's not encouraging, right? At least, you know, with YouTube, that's a little bit different. You know, if you're putting that time in ideally for your prime time, whether that's afternoon or evening. So I think that um, we 
I think we're just excited by a lot of different things, right? Uh, including, yeah. you know, E3. It's just where are we going to consider um, those time shifts? So, um, but in terms of recording this episode with you and recording the podcast with you, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I do too. So I keep coming back. Now, if there was ever a reason why I have to step down and step away, either I died. <laughs> not don't, gonna don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. <laughs> or for some reason, some reason, not saying I'm planning on it, not saying it's in the even in the works, but like in some weird, crazy way in life, just decides like I'm going to have triplets. I won't have time. <laughs> That's crazy. Not triplets. <laughs> I, maybe if I had twins, like give me triplets. I don't know. That's crazy. Not that it runs in my family or anything. I'm, twins don't even run in my family. But like, I'm just saying. Long story short, there just like something pretty big in my life has to happen. Um, but this is like this is one thing that keeps my my soul charged is is uh, recording with you. Oh, that's not going Mine anywhere. Too. I love that. No, I love that. Yeah, it's 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 one one of the things where whether, you know, I'm feeling good or not, you know, I, I want to do it. Whether you feel good or not, if you don't feel good, we cancel. Right. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I tell him I'm, I'm just a little bit tired. You know, you know, you rest up. I'm like, no, I'm fine. You rest up. He tells me before we record this episode, I'm not feeling that great. I'm like, you sure you don't you want to cancel? No, we're going to push through this one sided here. Yeah, it's one-sided. It's one-sided. But um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, if you love conventions, go. If you've never been to E3 before, apply. You never know. Apply. Right? It's a if not, yeah. go get that gamer pass. I'm just gonna tell you my first year at E3, I bought the gamer pass. I did. And you know what? Still made it work. Yeah. You can do it. And the, yeah. And typically we say we say that and then we look at the application and we start filling it out. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah, that's, that's what that's, that's what happens so so yeah it's all good so um any final thoughts before we we get out of here um just words of encouragement really for anybody who is considering um this is going to be your first e3 um regardless of what we say if you're on the fence of it um you're nervous you're scared or anything that just do it the worst you're going to get is is a no and it's okay to get a no if you have the money and the funds to just buy the gamer pass you know what you can make that happen you can still go you can still get in and experience stuff you might not be able to get behind the closed doors but guess what they're all there on the on the showroom floor you can ask and do interviews and questions right there on the floor and i've seen some people do amazing interviews on the showroom floor that is actually a bit more raw and authentic in some ways because I really do love the PR people behind the closed doors. You know, they're answering your questions and doing doing those things, but they're doing it. I don't know how many times throughout the day that it is this script. Um, and there's sp very specific people who that's their their entire job during the entire E3 convention is just to do those interviews. And it's very knowledgeable and it's and it's and it's great. But I think is awesome about doing it on the showroom floor. Those people know and have that same information, but they're not as prepped about it. And it can be a very fun interview. Um, I've definitely enjoyed doing that, especially for the indie games. Um, and, you know, just don't be discouraged. Just go out and do it. If you need some practice, go to the smaller local conventions that happen around you. I know there's one happening on my island um, in, in April that I'm going to be going to. Um and just practice there. And then if you, if you don't get in and you can't afford it, try again next year. Yeah, for sure. I just want to say um, just prayers up for Mikhail Casanova. I know he had a recent procedure done. Uh, so praying for him and his fam, you know, that he gets uh, better soon. You know, a thousand percent, you know, that dude uh, puts out a lot of content. And I know when you can't do that, sometimes it kind of like messes with your mind a little bit. So uh, prayers up for him that he, you know, bounces back from his procedure. Uh, really, really soon. So just wanted to add that in. Um, any final thoughts? Anything you're working on you want to share before we wrap? Nope, not yet. Still in not that discovery yet. phase. Not yet. That's that's a huge thing for me. <laughs> I, I remember being in that and I don't knock anybody for, you know, sharing their journey every step of the way. I used to do that. 
but I've definitely gravitated towards like keeping those small milestones to myself. I'll share big milestones, but smaller ones in the process along the way. I think I, I want to keep that process to myself for right now. No, I, I mean, that. I'll share it with you that. when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where can they find you on social? Um, you can find me everywhere and without a blue check mark on all of them. Um, Miss BJM. And where can they find you, Andrew? You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. Check out my books on Amazon, Podcasting What You Should Know, and also Echoes of Adolescence, now available on Amazon. Until next time, take care. Bye, guys.